0: Praise the Lord, everybody. God is so good. I am delighted to be here this evening with you all. God has been showing himself mightily, mightily. And we've learned that he does that better than anybody else. He does that better than anybody else. Tonight, we're still continuing with coming in, align, in alignment with God and in, in line with his word and his will. And tonight, tonight, if you are mindful of the title, it looks as if it's a play on words. If you look at the title, it's actually your wordly reflection, your wordly reflection, as opposed to worldly reflection. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. So tonight we're gonna talk about your wordly reflection. Now, Now, that may suggest, it may suggest that, we're not talking about how others view you, but we're talking about tonight how the word views you or how we look in the light of the word. That's where we get our foundation from. That's where we build ourselves up. And let me let me pause just for a moment, because I'm about to I'm about to come out of the gate, but just let me pause for just a moment to pay respect and homage, I dare not proceed any further without stopping to show the respect that I have for the greatest pastors that I see on the planet, but they have been the greatest impact in my life spiritually than anyone else. And I know that's a lot of weight, but it is the truth. I would not be where I am spiritually had the foundation not been laid so firmly not been laid so consistently it allowed me to stand and to become who i am in god and i am just so grateful so bishop and lady james f harris thank you so much let's give them a hand clap and had it not been for these spiritual giants in my life that took time to grab a little boy and take him under their wing and help him to become a man I'm just grateful. So Bishop and lady, thank you so much. I love you, God bless you. Tonight, we are going to delve into the word and we're gonna be coming from the topic, your wordly reflection, your wordly reflection. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for showing yourself mighty. You continue to do what you are best at, and that is to do those things that would bring glory and honor and praise. We are indeed awestruck in all that you have done and are doing, and even that we set an expectation of what you're going to do. Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that as we go into your word, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive of you. Let a word be spoken that will bring light. Let a word be spoken that will bring life to someone who may be going through. Father, we speak life and deliverance in the name of Jesus. For you sent your word and you healed them. The scripture even declares that The entrance of your word giveth light. It gives understanding unto the simple. So bless now our efforts here tonight. Let it be fruitful and let it be life-changing for the ears and the hearts that will receive of you. We give you all praise, all glory, and all honor belong to you and to you only. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We're gonna be talking about your wordly, Reflection. And one of our scriptures that we will consider tonight is James 1 and verse 25. And it reads on this wise, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of this word of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. This scripture lets us know that we have to, in order to look into something, you have to not be distracted by what's going on around you. You have to be focused and it suggests that we would have to look into the perfect law of liberty. Now, law and liberty might seem to be almost like an oxymoron because law tends to mean legalistic, lining up with the law. Liberty Some people might take liberty out of context and think that it might mean they can do as they please or I can do as it suits me. But that's not where we're going. That might be the worldly view, but it is not the wordly view. Now, looking at ourselves in the mirror, we, we started with talking about the man in the mirror. And in looking at yourself in the mirror, we tend to use a mirror to make sure everything is lined up, make sure everything is in place, before we go out to present ourselves to where we're going, whether that's work, school, play, wherever you're going, you tend to take one last check in the mirror to make sure that everything is where it needs to be or where you want it to be. So in light of our worldly reflection, if you look at, we tend to see ourselves one way and we gather that from either having put vested some time into ourselves into our development or into our learning or into whatever we invest in we tend to look for there to be some benefit because otherwise if there is no benefit then it is indeed a waste of our time so in looking at ourselves in the mirror we have to be comfortable with who's looking back at us and that may sound like an odd question to ask are you comfortable with Who's looking back at you. Now, people tend to, we tend to look for affirmation from others. We tend to look for someone to say boy," or give you a pat on the back for things that you have done. But if you look at the way God structures us through the word and how he forms and deals with us, he is more so concerned about what's going on on the inside of us. Because see, people tend to get caught up on the exterior it even says the scripture says man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart he not only looks at the heart but he encourages us to say keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life how you deal with something on the outside is not just predicated on what's going on around you it's more so what impact or effect it has on what's go how it affects you on the inside see People people typically typically will respond or I should say react to what's going on around them. But your response is predicated on what's going on on the inside of you. It does not mean that I am not conscious of what's going on around me, but I process that. But the word has to become the filter through which life flows for you. It has to become the filter because, as you notice, our text tonight talks about looking into the perfect law of liberty. God has given us liberty through the cross, but that liberty is not something that we can just use haphazardly. It is not even a license for us to do what we choose to do because there is a law of God. That law is what must be in our hearts. It is from when we have the law of the word or the law of God in our hearts it conducts our behavior, it conducts our thinking, it helps, it it is even as if having the word to be a filter. If the word of God becomes our conscience, then we can handle a lot of the things that goes on around us because the word governs us from the inside, okay? So what we're talking about, we tend to look at ourselves, if you will imagine standing or seeing a picture of a pawn standing in front of a mirror, but the reflection is actually of a king. The pawn is standing in the mirror. So how is it that the reflection is that of a king? Well, God says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now that tends to imply what's going on on the inside of a person is what causes them to be what they are on the outside. But what happens when we allow the outside to filter into us? See, God's word serves more than just telling us the do's and the don'ts. But God's word, the scripture says that his word is a light unto my path and a light unto my path. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word helps me to stay in line. It helps me not to trip over the things in life that may happen or even the things that may go bump in the night. His word becomes a light that even when I'm going through a nighttime, his word shows me light. Now, we have to understand that sometimes people base how they feel based on what others say about them. Now, the scripture says, Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And then he says, once this is lined up, he says, then you shall call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart and I will be found of you. Now, if you know what God thinks of you, we won't necessarily be as concerned with what other people think about us or think of us because God is the one that actually gives our life meaning. He is the one that gives us everything that we need. He says, I will give you everything that pertains to life and to godliness. God is more concerned about your holiness, but. He is not just concerned about that, but he wants you to be whole, body, soul, and spirit. God is concerned. He says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God is not just concerned about how you look on the outside. God is concerned about what's going on the inside. That's why the scripture declares, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. God, when we line up with the word and the word becomes our conscience, it guides us, it leads us and it guides us into all truth. We have, there are tools that God gives us. We're talking about coming in line. So the wordly reflection is not necessarily what just shows up on the outside, just being or living haphazardly. You have to live on purpose. Every day that you get up, There should be there should be a purpose or something that you seek out to bring meaning, not just to yourself, but to others that are around you. God is so concerned with our soul and with us making it to spend time with him that he orders our day. He orders our day, sets everything. Even when we go into prayer in the morning, when we seek him for direction, God goes ahead of us and sets our day. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It's not just enough to know what God thinks about you. It is important that you think the right things about yourself. Many of us, and if you've lived long enough, many of us have made wrong decision, bad decisions, good decisions, and we've reaped the benefits or suffered the consequences thereof. But the difference in how man deals with you and how God deals with you, God is not one to, the scripture declares how at one time God winked at certain things. He winked at it to give you an opportunity, to give us an opportunity to get ourselves together. But now judgment has begun a lot of things that people used to be able to turn their see and know that something was wrong but they would give a turn a deaf ear or a blind eye we can't do that any longer because of all the things that has happened to us even if you look at the last year just look at the last year and where we are now if you can play it back remember this came upon us unaware. Nobody expected us to be dealing with a pandemic. Nobody even imagined what the impact of that pandemic would be. But look at where we are. A year has gone by just that fast. A year and a month actually has gone by just that fast. And look at how your life has changed in just that matter of time, in just that matter of time. Another scripture that we're considering tonight is found in the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 2, 22 verse 31, and this is evident of what happens when we trust God, when we put our trust in God. It says, for by thee, I have run through a troop and by my God, I have leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. God is my strength and power. He makes me, he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou has also given me the shield of thy salvation and the gentle thy gentleness has made me great. Thou has enlarged my steps under me. These are all the things that God enables the servant to do. When we line our life up with God, he says, by thee I have run over, run through a troop. That means though the enemy lines up himself against you, whether it be on the job, in the schoolhouse, wherever you are, God also sets an array against those that would come against you. God's got your back. He has your back. You know how some people will say, man, I'll be there with you when things are thin and when things get thick, I'll be there with you. Even The scripture even says that a friend is made for adversity. We tend to give that title a friend. We tend to place it on people so loosely with having done very little for us. We just give it as a term of endearment. You are my friend. But a friend is made out of through or through adversity. We become friends because we share an experience. Now, would you believe that the word of God says that we are the friend of God? Now, you know, in the world, they use a term a friend with benefits. Now, you benefit from your friend, not just because of what they can do for you but what it does to the relationship, what that relationship, how it enhances you. So it says, by my God, I have leaped over a wall, run through a troop and leaped over a wall. That means any obstacle, anything that's standing in your way that might be blocking you in or keeping some keeping you out, God is able to give you the ability to leap over that obstacle. He will give you what you need on the inside so that you will be able to deal with any circumstance that you are facing. It doesn't matter what it is. Do you not know that anything that you took that took you by surprise today? God was already aware of it. He was already he was already ahead of you and we were just playing catch up. We were just catching up to God in our day, because if you notice, there's a scripture that talks about how Jesus would get up even before it was daytime and he would go off into a solitary place and there he would pray. Now, Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. Now you would think, why would he need to pray? Because see, Jesus was our perfect example in the earth. He showed us how to live. So if he being the Lord from glory, got up to pray, to have communion, what more would that do? What what would that do for us? If you start your day, and rather than just praying when something that is unexpected happened, if you were to start your day seeking his face, saying, Lord, give me what I need for the day. But before I ask you of anything, before I ask anything of you, Allow me just to be in your presence. Allow me to bask in your presence because just being in the presence of God, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God is so concerned about what concerns you. He is so concerned about what concerns you. And he does not want us to be overly concerned The scripture says that we are to seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom and everything is to be added to us. God knows his thoughts that he has to work. He's he's got a future in mind for you. He's got a future in mind for you. And it's not so much that we're just going to show up. Don't just show up to your future, plan for it. How do I do that? See, the scripture says that we make plans, but it's God that brings things to pass. It is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, God is not, he is not just merely concerned about the exterior, those superficial things. He is more concerned about what's going on on the inside of us, because as I said, It's those things around us, how it affects us has to do with how we are already on the inside. David continues, he continues, and he says, God's way is perfect, for the word of God is tried. You know how, have you ever come in contact with someone that uh, they live their life in, in, theoretically, they live their life They talk about what others have experienced. They talk about what has happened in the life of others. If if you're around someone that's theoretical, they tend to base their experience on the experience of others, rather than speaking from the voice of experience. But see God, his word is true, but his word is also tried. So much so that the scriptures have been written for our example, so that we can look into the word of God And in the word of God, every situation, circumstance that you face, there is something in the word of God that will address it. Finance, he addresses that. Health, he addresses that. How to treat your fellow man, he addresses that. How to respond when others treat you wrong. How to handle situations that you don't have all of the information on. God is, (laughs) he is God. He is, as I said, he is all knowing, all seeing. Nothing is hid from him. The scriptures even declare that the night is as the day in his sight. God is so concerned with your future. He says, I know my thoughts towards you. For he is, not only is his word tried, but he is a buckler to all them that trust in him. God will be your defense. He will be your buckler. A buckler is that which was used in battle. He is a hedge around you. Because God, we are we are his investment. We are his handiwork. And he wants to show you off to the world. The scripture says that we are to let others see our good works and glorify our father, which is in heaven. God has a plan for you. We, we go on in the scripture and it says that he is our rock. When everything around me gives way, when everything around me is unstable, God is the rock that I stand on, not just in a physical sense, but he is that which gives me a place of refuge when I need it. He is the rock. The scripture says when when uh, when I am overwhelmed, when I am overwhelmed, and you know on any given day by circumstances, you can feel overwhelmed. He says, when I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher, higher than I. So God has a plan to move you to stable ground. So when things become unstable, when they become overwhelming, God is right there. The scripture goes on to say that he is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. Now that does not mean that there won't come things that will challenge you. You will be challenged, but God is there. He makes my feet to be like hinds' feet. Now, Hinds feet refers to those those animals that would live in, it it uses it to describe the the strength that the animals had that lived in rocky terrain, in rocky terrain. So their hinds feet were the most powerful legs. They learned to walk in areas that others could not. Most animals live on flat terrain, but there are certain animals because of where they live they would actually learn to walk on areas that was unstable to everyone else but it says he makes he makes my feet like hind's feet god helps you to be stable in situations where others may fall where others may slip where others may fall prey to the actions of someone else but god makes my feet like hind feet and he sets me upon high places he teaches my hands to war. Now, getting in an altercation or a fight, you need to know your opponent. You need to know who you're up against. But you ever notice, have you ever seen a fight, not necessarily in real life, but you some of us have seen those too. But if you ever notice when, say for instance, in a in a in an arena where they're they're fighting, they line up and they face off with each other. And if you ever notice some fighters, they want to get into the head of their opponent because they know, yeah, it might be a right cross that takes you out, but it's going to be how we combat each other in the middle of the ring. So the enemy, now the enemy does not play fair. The enemy never has played fair. So he wars against the mind. He wars against making you think contrary as to what the word of God says about you. Now, remember, God says, I know my thoughts towards you. But what happens when we start thinking the wrong thoughts, when we think less of ourselves than what the word of God says? Then we fall prey to the enemy. Because the scripture says, you are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. The scriptures declare that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. All things, yes, all things, all things. I know how to abase. I know how to abound. I know how to be without. I know how to be content with such as I have until such a time as I have more. But God teaches me how to handle myself so that even when I have less, I am content. But when I have more, it does not have me. It does not control me. There's nothing wrong with being successful, but for many, for many people, their success, they become prisoners of their own success. They acquire wealth and riches and they acquire uh, tangible things and those things actually hold them prisoner. But God says that we can succeed in him and still prosper. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. For what what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I encourage you. God is concerned about you. He is concerned about your well-being. One last scripture we'll look at. It says, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso put their trust in the Lord shall be safe. Fear is a tactic that the enemy uses to control, corner, or to uh, influence other people. But the scriptures declare that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You can handle what you're going through you can deal with some people thought that the pandemic would have taken them out and we have seen loss of life loss of jobs the economy has been impacted we've seen all of this but if you're listening to the sound of my voice this evening you have made it through what you thought that you could not make it through you are here today you're still here and if you're here and if you would just turn your heart and mind to God, God has an expectation. God has, he knows, as I said, the thoughts that he has towards you. This is not your end. This can very well be your beginning. In the midst of a pandemic, yes, your beginning. In the midst of everything that you have encountered, look at yourself, you have survived. If you are listening To my voice tonight, you have survived. How would we get through all of that we have been through? Look at where we are now. A year ago, we were facing something that nobody had an idea as to how it was going to play out. But look at where we are now. Having obtained help from God, we continue until this day. This day, we are here we are here. So I encourage you, search the scriptures. The scripture says, search the scriptures for in them, you think that you have eternal life. So find out what God's word says about you. If you have low self-esteem, find out what the word says about who God made you to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. You're not an incident. It's not about happenstance or what just tends to have happened to you, but you must use, allow God's word to shape your life, to shape you, to bring you into who he has created you to be. You have a purpose. There is something that you can do, not just one thing, but there is something that you can do that will impact this world. I heard a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine say, I'm going to leave this world empty, which means any and everything that God has placed in me, I'm going to empty those good things out. Not gonna keep it to myself. Start where you are, bloom where you planted. Don't just wait until everything lines up because circumstances will never be perfect for you to move. In fact, if you stand still, Nothing gets in your way until you get on your way. So until you start moving, don't worry, you'll, you'll be your own obstacle because you'll be standing in your own way. But then when you start moving in God, when you start taking steps, whatever you want to change about you, you have the power through God to change. You can change. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm not saying you're a dog, but you can learn some things. You're not too old. It's not too late. You still have a future. Life's not over. Don't even be concerned with how much time has been wasted because God is the redeemer of time. Time is only something that he subjects himself to so that we can keep that in the scope of how things have a start and a finish. But God is not uh, bound by time. He subjects himself to time so that he can deal with us. So give God time to deal with you so that you can make your mark in time and on time. God has a plan for you. Don't believe what the enemy suggests. His word is true. His word is tried. God has a plan for you. Have you failed in the past? Yeah. Have you made a bad decision? Yeah, we all have. If someone was to come up to me and say, I've never made a mistake, I've never made a bad decision, I've never done something that I regretted, I don't know how close of a friend they would be. How, how much confidence can you put in someone that's never made a mistake? Admittedly, they've made mistakes, but how much would they admit to? So I tell you, this evening, I encourage you. You have a future. There's still more in front of you than what's behind you. That's why the scripture says, forgetting those things which are behind me, I'm reaching forth, I'm pressing, I'm pressing because there's something in front of me I can bring from behind me those experiences that make me and brought me to where I am now, but there's more ahead of you than behind you. God has a plan for your life. But remember your wordly reflection. Look into the word of God. Find out what the word says about you. If you're feeling low, discouraged, find out what the word says about being content in him. Find out what the word says. If you're sick and you are afflicted, find out that God has provided your healing. He's made provision for you. Everything that pertains to life and to godliness, God has provided for you. In the finished work of Calvary, all of our needs were met. All of our needs were met. The blood that Jesus shed on Calvary covers and brings us back into relationship, right relationship with God. Every mistake, everything that you've ever done, every sin that you've ever created, ever committed. God has already accounted for that in the finished work of Calvary. And we're looking at this being Passover. We're going into the uh, Easter holiday, but we're also looking at this was the, this would be the days where Jesus was headed towards Calvary And you might be headed down a dark road, something that looks very bleak, but there's a resurrection coming. There's a light at the end of what you're going through. So I encourage you, search the word, search out the word, find yourself in the word, build up yourself in the word. God has a plan for you. So I encourage you look into the word, find your wordly reflection. It has been my great honor to share with you on tonight. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.